Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. You can catch a live recording of the show over on YouTube where I stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It's Angela Ucci, Heaven and Healing Podcast, and be sure to ring the bell to be notified for live stream reminders and more. Whatever platform you're currently listening on, please give the show a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's ears. And please consider partnering with the ministry as Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded. There are different options to support the show down in the episode description. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers. Enjoy the episode and God bless. Hi friends, welcome back to Heaven and Healing. I'm your host, Angela. And today I have a really special little segment for y'all. Some of you may or may not already be aware that I am currently 23-ish weeks pregnant at the time of this recording. So if you're watching this, it may be because you are pregnant, you're also expecting a little miracle from heaven, or maybe you're just a supporter of the show. In either case, welcome and thank you. Um, If you stumbled upon this, you've never heard of Heaven and Healing, and you are not currently a follower of Jesus, I just want to start this by saying that even if you don't know him, just please hear me when I say that he knows you and he knows the child being knit together in your womb as we speak because he is the one who put that child there. You know, God is responsible. He is the one that is responsible for opening your womb. He is the one that is responsible for forming the little baby inside of you. And as much as you already love that little baby, God loves them so much more. God loves the both of you so much more. And so I pray that when you see your little one's face for the first time, that you will invite Jesus into your heart as the savior of both of you, you and your baby. And I pray that you would see this video through until the end because maybe you may even do that by the end of this message. Now, if you are already a follower of Jesus and you are familiar with heaven and healing, or maybe you're new too, um, if you're currently pregnant, I just wanted to share some of my experience being pregnant thus far because a lot of you have been asking me on Instagram and just some things that Holy Spirit has put on my heart to encourage you all with today. Um, As I said, at the time of recording this, I am almost at 23 weeks, just a little bit shy of that. And so being a little more than halfway there, I can truly testify to the way the Lord has used this season of pregnancy to deepen my relationship in him. Um, I want, you know, I've never felt more blessed and favored by the Lord than I have in my entire life, knowing that I have this beautiful little baby girl growing inside of me right now, that she has been set apart before the foundations of the earth that the Lord already knows her and that it was so important for him that she be born at such a time as this, that he literally put her in my womb on our wedding night 
April 25th, 2023. But, you know, the reason I'm really making this video is to be completely raw and real and vulnerable here with all of you because, you know, the Lord doesn't ask progress of us. He asks pursuit of us. Um, this pregnancy thus far has not been all sunshine and rainbows, okay? The first trimester, I suffered like all the classic symptoms that the world tells you and insists on your suffering of. And it, it felt like tenfold, you know, like morning sickness wasn't morning sickness. It was all day long into the night sickness, you know, absolutely no appetite, all the food aversions, all the soreness in my body, all the things that were just so amplified. And I admit and I repent for how sorry I felt for myself in this time during those few weeks because it made it worse. And I want to explain that it made it worse because instead of dying to my flesh in this season of the first trimester, I sort of let my spirit die into it. I, I, to be completely transparent, I stopped praying as frequently as I was. I stopped praising. I stopped getting into the word the way that we should be as believers. I really quenched the Holy Spirit during a time when I honestly needed him most. And it did make it so much worse for me. I believe that a great reason why those symptoms were tenfold is because of the quenching of the Holy Spirit, because it was a time for me to truly walk by faith, not by sight. And I was living bound to the works of my flesh instead of leaning into my faith. And so by not resisting the temptations of the flesh that only wanted to let my feelings and first trimester circumstances define me. Me, 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 right? I was inevitably, because of that, resisting the Holy Spirit by failing to give him thanks, failing to be intimate with him, and failing to let myself decrease so that he, King Jesus, may increase. And, you know, the enemy will really take advantage of us when we don't put on our armor. You know, I, I I did not have that shield of faith up. I did not yield the sword of the spirit. I kept my helmet of salvation off to the bedside. I was neglecting the breastplate of righteousness, and I was certainly not walking in the shoes of peace or girding my loins with truth. And so those fiery darts of the devil that Ephesians talks about, they landed. And... Look, I, I truly believe that the physical symptoms, you, you can put this in your rel religious petri dish and test it all you want. I'm telling my testimony of how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, right? But I truly believe that these physical symptoms intensified because I was conforming to the ways of the world rather than being transformed by the renewing of my mind with the word of God that reminds me of my true identity and purpose in Jesus Christ alone, right? My faith during a lot of the first trimester was honestly misplaced. And so as Jesus says repeatedly throughout the gospels, 
your faith has healed you. My negligence to deposit all of my faith in him actually made me more sick. I was under intense spiritual warfare instead of applying the word to the wound, the word of God to the wound that was the first trimester symptom. I gave into the temptation of the flesh because I was not applying the word, right? I gave into the temptation of the flesh so I was not delivered from the evil. That is a byproduct of that, right? The Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or another translation, deliver us from the evil one. So when we are led into temptation, we are not delivered from the evil, okay? And so Matthew 26, 41 says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak, right? This verse from Jesus himself is a promise that the Holy Spirit indwelling within every born again believer is always willing when the body is weak. Even in the first trimester of pregnancy, for instance, the spirit of a believer always has a yes, regardless of the state of the body. And now look, to be clear, does this mean I should have gotten up from the couch and attempted to run a marathon or assume my usual tasks that, you know, require a totally different bandwidth of physical and hormonal energy during seasons where my body is not growing a second human body inside of it? No, that's not what I'm saying. Because ignoring the very real physical reality in this new circumstance of pregnancy would have been actually giving into another kind of temptation of the flesh that strives for perfection and works, which is just as detrimental as the route that I took. So my point in both of those is that it's not about the flesh at all. Pregnancy or not, it's not about the flesh at all. It's about yielding to the spirit, even amidst the challenges of the flesh. And that is a part of the process of dying to the self that scripture repeatedly talks about. And so, you know, as usual, as I said, I was under spiritual warfare in this time because I was giving into those temptations of the flesh. Even still, what the enemy meant for harm, the Lord ultimately used for my good and his glory because he taught me so much during those first like two-ish months and he continues to teach me so much throughout this pregnancy. I've truly never felt closer to the Lord than I do now. And so again, like I said, because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, I pray that this will encourage you to remember that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus and that you are not a victim at all during this pregnancy. You are a victor. Praise God. Don't let the enemy, pregnant mama, don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't take the bait even though the temptation of the flesh is strong, right? Remember that the enemy always has plans to steal, kill, and destroy. And that truth is probably 
more true with the case of children than anywhere else in this human experience because of how much Jesus absolutely adores children. Matthew 19, 4, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So make no mistake, the enemy has an assignment against you and your family, your marriage and your babies. And the way he attacks is by keeping you from the very relationship that is the foundation of the relationships within your family dynamic, which is your relationship to God. The longer the enemy can keep you in your flesh, the longer he can keep you quenching or grieving the spirit. And so, yes, the devil will convince you to not pray, not read the word, not praise, not spend time in the secret place, not fellowship, not ask for prayer, not give thanks. And that's what he did to me during a lot of the first season of my pregnancy. And I gave into the temptation, was not delivered from that evil as a, con- as a consequence of that. And like the book of Job, right, we see and we know that the Lord will let the devil attack us physically, mentally, circumstantially in different ways throughout different seasons. Because why? God is a God of redemption. And so he will always restore us when we keep the faith in who he is and who we are because of who he is. So yeah, mama, you may be feeling extra fatigued and spending extra time on the couch during the first trimester, but I have great news for you is that you can still put your armor on from the couch. Okay. What I did was lie there spiritually naked. Um, For a lot of the time, you know, it was vulnerable, being real, watching a lot of worldly TV that I didn't need to be watching, Um, wasting a lot of time just scrolling through my phone when that time could have been spent at the feet of the Lord. You know, honestly, eating, eating candy, eating bad foods in the intervals where I was not nauseous. Um, You know, I, I really kind of let myself fall into a victim mentality and the enemy loved that. The enemy loves when we play victim because we forget that we are victors in Christ because he is the victor. So I've really had to repent for this and praise Jesus. His love covers a multitude of sin and I am already forgiven. But, you know, a lot of the time in pregnancy toward the beginning, I had a spirit of heaviness and I wore no praise for a lot of this time when the truth is we are promised in Isaiah 61, 3, that when we put on the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness lifts. So mama, pregnant mama, I'm telling you, put on the garment of praise, even when you don't feel like it, especially when you don't feel like it. Again, you can do that all from the couch because our King Jesus promises, remember, that the spirit is always willing. So you can put on that garment of praise even when you don't want to. Uh, So yeah, you know, truth be told, look, I just want to mention this as a quick caveat. You know, we know that all things through God are possible. So if we are promised that with enough faith, we can move a mountain and that nothing will be impossible for you, as Jesus says in Matthew 17, 20, we may probably not even have to experience the physical strife that the world promises will always accompany pregnancy. Um, So maybe, maybe my faith just wasn't strong enough in this season, but 
baby number two, as I continue to be sanctified and die to myself, pick up my cross uh, and put on Christ daily. Those symptoms could be very different next time around or, or perhaps be non-existent. I know that's the testimony of, of many women and I'm not too proud to say maybe my faith wasn't there yet. And Lord, I pray for a faith like that where it will literally overcome any worldly, any worldly symptom, right? Um, and that's not some like world, word of faith spiel, by the way. That is just a mindset and integration of faith that the Bible literally speaks to and Jesus promises. So there's that. Um, I want to share that though because my experience of pregnancy has increased my faith that it can get to that level. Uh, the Lord has taught me a lot about, you know, the difference of intellectual faith versus integrated faith. So I'm really learning in this season what that integration looks like as the Lord moves me from glory to glory. He is just amazing. Um, so that being said, like just as a caveat, a, a caveat to the caveat is that I'm very against the word of faith movement that uh, like the perversion of the false prosperity gospel preaches because the integrated biblical faith that I am speaking to here does have a place within struggles of navigating life in a fallen world in a flesh suit that doesn't want to die despite that we as Christians must crucify it daily, see? So I've learned a lot in this pregnancy, embodying that integrated faith, that the Lord is stronger than our struggles. That's, that's what we see reflected as truth all throughout Psalms, right? You know, and folks do try and use Psalms to justify an identity with depression or anxiety or trauma. Despite that, such identification with feelings or experiences are indeed a yield to the flesh over the spirit, a topic for another day. Uh, but the reality with Psalms is that Psalms does not show us that our struggles mold our identity, but rather that the Lord is stronger than our struggles and that we must die to the flesh to acknowledge that. So I, I cannot stress enough, again, I've repented for it, you know, that I really fell short in this area, dying to myself in the beginning of my pregnancy. Uh, instead of calling out to God like David in the Psalms, Acknowledging that my feelings and my flesh are all really irrelevant, I acted like the Israelites in the wilderness and I complained for what felt like 40 years. And in that, I, I, I lost my thanksgiving to God. See, you can struggle, you can lament, you can grieve, you can wrestle with God. But again, like David in Psalms, you can do all of that and still die to yourself. You can still you can still maintain your thanksgiving even in the lamentation because when you maintain your thanksgiving you're still seeing through the kingdom when you lose your thanksgiving you're taking things personal right you're no longer believing on who jesus says you are and instead believing on who your feelings or what your circumstances say that you are. And this is how the devil strikes because 
When we believe our flesh over the word, we have been tricked into trying to find value in life instead of in the one who gives it. And so to all that, I want to say, you know, transferring from a place of falling short, like maybe you're thinking, wow, that's really me right now in this season that I'm in. Um, transferring to a place of falling short to a place of condemnation for falling short is actually still just one of the same because it's all the flesh still. See, it's all the flesh. That's all the devil wants is, is you and your flesh. He doesn't care what it looks like. So condemnation for how you may have been up until this point or what you may have done or not done is still believing lies over the word of God. It's still feelings over truth, right? What is truth? God gives grace because he is grace himself. So if my experience at the beginning of my pregnancy sounds like your experience in pregnancy, do not get caught up in condemning yourself right now. If you're listening to this and feeling some sort of conviction, do not condemn yourself because why? We are promised in the word that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, right? You are washed clean, righteous before God. Hallelujah, it is finished. Thank you, Jesus. So go to him in prayer if you want to repent for that and say, Lord, thank you that I am forgiven. Thank you that I am washed clean. Thank you that there is no condemnation in those in Christ Jesus. Father, I just die to my flesh before you right now. I lay it all down at the foot of the cross and, and, I, and I give all glory to you. Thank you for this gift of this miracle baby within my womb that you have so graciously given me. Lord, that you are knitting together, being fearfully and wonderfully made in my womb as we speak. Father, every pregnancy symptom I have experienced, I just completely lay it at your feet. I die to it and I live unto you. And what your word says is true. I know that I am healed by your stripes. Hallelujah, Lord. Okay. And when I actually got into this heart posture, of praying like that, of praying differently, of giving so much thanks for my beautiful little baby. Thank you, Lord, that, as I said in the beginning, that, that she was born for such a time as this, that you put her in my womb on my wedding night. Thank you, Lord, that she is anointed, highly favored, that she is fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, that you set her apart before the foundations of the earth, Lord. Thank you that you are working all things out for the good of those who love you, like it says in Romans. Father, thank you that I can bank on that promise. Even though my feelings right now say otherwise, I know who I am because I know who you are, who you made me to be. And I give all glory to you. I don't care about my flesh. In fact, I crucify every pregnancy symptom right now in the name of Jesus. And I just give glory putting on the garment of praise for who you are and what you have done and what you continue to do and for your finished work on the cross. Hallelujah. When I started praying like that and got out of the temptation and got off my phone and got off the stupid Netflix that's when things started to shift for me in this pregnancy. When I got back to Thanksgiving, when I got back to believing God that I am who he says that I am, right? It wasn't the first trimester ending that turned everything around for me. And I know in the world we're encouraged, oh, just get through the first trimester, sister, just get through the first trimester, things get better. Like, no, 
get to God before you get through the first trimester. It was when it was when I stopped elevating my experience of the first trimester over Christ that turned everything around for me. Not when my experience of the first trimester actually ended, but when I stopped elevating my experience of the first trimester over Christ. When I actually started taking those thoughts captive, the Lord took captive the devil's attack over my experience of the first trimester. Praise Jesus. And so looking back on the beginning of this pregnancy, right, I I see a lot of it as Elijah in the cave. As I was preparing for this episode, I, I kept being reminded of that story, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. And I feel it's important to mention because I don't want this message to come off as some sort of gaslighting a season of struggle you may be in, um, whether that be pregnancy or otherwise, if you're watching, and making it all about the importance to just get up and fight despite that, okay? I say that because speaking of his grace, we see in the book of Elijah that the Lord allows us, um, or I'm sorry, allows, allows Elijah in that story the time of rest when Elijah feels defeated, right? Elijah retreats to the cave and by that grace of God, he is sheltered and given f- and given food by an angel, right? So, so yes, God does honor us where we are with what we have 100% of the time. That's who God is. That's his character. And he takes care of us in our Elijah moment when we are lamenting or grieving or waiting or not understanding or wrestling or hurting or whatever it is. But he does that with a purpose, right? He allows us that time to refine and restore us, not to relinquish us to the suffering, but to refine and to restore us through it. That shows his character and our resiliency that he makes possible. And the issue I see with a lot of Christians is they always tend to stop at the cave and the rest part of the story. But what does it look like at the end? What does it tell us? It gets to a point where after all that is said and done, the restoration and the refinement, the Lord says to Elijah, what are you doing here? Go. And he instructs Elijah to go back and fight then. Again, after the refinement within the restoration. So my point here is that there is a balance, okay? There is a reason that both verses, be still and know that I am God from Psalms, and let us run the race marked out for us, setting our eyes in Jesus from Hebrews, both exist within scripture because there is a time and a place for both. And because we cannot do one without the balance of the other, right? In Proverbs, we are told to not go too far right or too far left, but to stay in the middle. So what that means in this context is that we can't get caught up in the extremity of be still because it can lead to complacency. But at the same time, we can't get caught up in the run the race extremity because it can lead to perfectionism. See, God is a God of balance a God of perfect equilibrium, and a God of order. Remember, even he rested on the seventh day, right? But why is that? 
because there is a purpose, a balance, and an equilibrium to all of the above. And a great representation of his perfect equilibrium is that of the seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall. Each season, which is so different in their physical caliber, cannot exist without the nature of the one that precedes it, correct? And so I believe that he uses this example in his creation of the seasons as a way to show us that we also as his creation go through similar struggles or similar cycles. And for many women, pregnancy is that season of winter. It's the be still and no season. But the truth remains, mama, that even in the be still and no season, you must still die to yourself. That is the point. This whole message. You must still crucify your flesh. In the be still and know, you must still die to yourself. You must still crucify your flesh. Even though everything about this time may be tempting you to yield to your flesh, crucify it anyway. Be still and know. Keep your eye single. Keep your eye on Jesus. You can rest in the Lord and remain vigilant simultaneously. Trust that he is fighting this battle for you, but don't just maintain that intellectual sense of trust. Pursue the integrated trust that I keep talking about, the integrated faith, even from the couch. How? Pray, worship, renew your mind, get into the word, spend all the extra time you have in the stillness at the feet of Jesus and maintain your thanksgiving, remembering who you are because of whose you are. Remember, resist the devil and he will flee. That is a promise from scripture. And again, you can resist him from your couch during this first trimester of pregnancy. (laughs) Remember who is your vindicator. Remember that that crusty devil has no place in your pregnancy. Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So speak that scripture over yourself, mama. This baby being knit together in your womb is a gift from God. Speak the life of that scripture over yourself and your little one. The word of God is the best remedy for your pregnancy symptoms. And, you know, really dying to myself and living alive unto him flipped, completely flipped my pregnancy journey on its head. It really deepened my relationship to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it has only been a deepening ever since and a true integration of the faith that the word repeatedly talks about, right? Your faith has made you whole. You have been saved by grace through what? Through faith. Walk in faith. The mind of Christ. Put on Christ, right? All these things were talked about with, that we read in scripture, but then we don't integrate it. We don't actually apply it. I've learned so much in this pregnancy about the application of the word. The integration over the intellectual intellectualization of the word. 
And it has been so transformative and it has been teaching me so much about motherhood already. Hallelujah. It has strengthened my prayer life. It has strengthened my my intimacy to Holy Spirit. My understanding of the word as not only something that I read, but something that I demonstrate and live because the Bible itself is living and active, right? My, my glory to God, my thanksgiving to God, all of these things have just increased. And it's happening. This season of restoration and refinement is happening all to prepare me to, to mother this beautiful little baby girl that the Lord has, is knitting together in my womb as we speak. And I truly believe he is using this same season to do that for you as well. And I pray that by sharing this small portion of my testimony halfway through my pregnancy of how we overcome by the blood of the lamb will encourage you, will encourage your faith in your season of pregnancy or whatever season of life that you're in right now, whether it is a be still moment or run the race moment, and that you will give all glory to God for the miracle happening in your body right now as it is in mine. Remembering that it's not about you. Whatever your circumstance or your feelings are surrounding your pregnancy, it's not about you. It's about him because everything is always about him. Everything is about him. Like the song says, in him all are things and through him all are... Th- and <laughs> like the song says, in him all are... The devil is a liar. In him are all things and through him all are things. He deserves the glory. Hallelujah and amen. I'm like 90% sure I still tripped over my words there, but it's all good. Um, So if you feel led, please consider partnering with the Heaven and Healing Ministry. It is entirely crowdfunded. The links to support the show are going to be down in the episode notes below. Um, We live stream here on Heaven and Healing Podcast on YouTube every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So be sure to subscribe and ring the bell for notifications so that you can tune in and hang out with us in the next live stream and participate in the episode inside the live chat as well. It's uh, really something that I've been enjoying and I look forward to seeing you there at the next one. And in the meantime, enjoy these little shorter shorter uh, length videos that I'll be putting out in the interim of those live streams as well. Thank y'all so much for watching, for your support. Um, prayers for your little one, prayers for your marriage, for your family, and prayers for my own as well. God is so good. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah and amen.